In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we remember that our gospel reading takes place in the final days before Jesus was arrested and crucified in Jerusalem. And the leaders who are opposing Jesus have been scheming together on how they can get rid of Jesus. And so the Pharisees and the chief priests and the elders so far in the Gospels have failed in all their gotcha attempts against Christ. They've not been able to show that he is wrong in any way. They've not been able to find any charges to bring against him. He keeps pointing out their hypocrisy and showing them the ways in which they are opposing God's will. And of course, they're angry about it. So in this morning's readings, they have plotted together and come up with what they believe to be a surefire plan. The elders are going to send their disciples to challenge Jesus with a political question, because they know there's no easier way to divide a crowd than to talk politics. They know, like we do even today, that if you want to get someone in trouble, then you just need to get them to talk politics. And so, in fact, they've schemed, and they're going to send disciples of both the conservative political party and the liberal political party to ask Jesus this question together. They think that they will get Jesus to pick a side, and no matter what he says, to make powerful political enemies on one side or the other. And so the question that they come to him with is simple. Does it fulfill God's law to pay taxes to Caesar? Or does it contradict God's law to pay taxes to Caesar? In other words, what's more scriptural? Is it more aligned to God's will to oppose the pagan emperor and to set up a faithful Jewish government? Or is it more aligned to God's will to follow God's law by supporting the pagan empire? And you can see the trap they are attempting to set for Jesus. Because if he says, no, don't pay your taxes, the emperor is an enemy of God, well, they'll accuse him of treason and being a rebel. If he says the emperor is good and we should support him, then they'll turn the people who feel oppressed by Rome against him. They will accuse Jesus of being a pagan himself. Caesar at this time in the Roman Empire wasn't just any elected official. Caesar claimed to be the son of God. Caesar demanded his subjects worship him. And so the Pharisees hope that they can spin this against Jesus, that if he tells them to pay taxes, then they get to accuse him of idolatry. Or if he goes the other way, they're going to accuse them of treason. Well, Jesus doesn't play the game. And so what Jesus will say, and the point which they don't understand, is that there are actually two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of this world, of which the emperor has an important role, and there is the kingdom of heaven, in which we are residents by faith. There is a distinction, as we always say, between law and gospel. And here Jesus gives us a distinction between the two kingdoms of this world. And he's telling us not to confuse them. And so here's the problem that both the Pharisees and the Herodians fell into in our gospel reading. They assumed that our righteousness was based on how we participated in the kingdom of this world. In other words, God's kingdom is going to be brought about in this world by how we participate in the politics and the civil life of this world. They really only thought that there was one kingdom, 
and that God would usher in heaven through political change. So the Herodians claimed that King Herod and Caesar, the emperor, would be the means by which God would bring his kingdom into the world. And the Pharisees thought that was wrong. The Pharisees thought that you needed a theocracy, that a theocracy, that bringing God's law completely into the civil sphere would bring in God's kingdom. And so both parties are opposite sides of the same coin. But I do wonder if this basic debate sounds familiar to you in one way or another, because it's the same debate that happens over and over among Christians. So in America presently, there are both conservatives and liberals who fall into the same trap way too often. And they fall into the trap of believing that their political candidate is the Messiah, that their political candidate, their political policies will save people from their sins. This is everywhere. There was a video this week that went viral of Roger Stone speaking at a pastor's conference. And he said, we don't deify or worship Donald Trump. We worship the Lord, but we recognize that Donald Trump is his apostle. Well, you see the confusion here and not talking politics or policy, but Donald Trump's role as an elected official as our president is not as an apostle. The role of the head of state is not as a preacher of the word. And I'm not being partisan here because it happens on the other side too. I remember in 2009, right after the presidential election, there was a book published called The New Rising Dawn, Barack Obama, the Messiah President. Right, there's always a temptation, no matter which side you fall on, to believe that your political party, your policies, are going to usher in God's kingdom. But that's not the case. And this is what Jesus means when he says, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. We have to make a distinction between the two. And so Jesus here shows us how to make that distinction. For example, Jesus affirms quite clearly that we should pay our taxes. Likewise, in the New Testament, St. Paul and St. Peter will tell Christians, pay their taxes, submit to the emperor when possible, and pray for the emperor's well-being. God has given the emperor, God has given our state, our president, whoever it is, God has given the emperor a vocation, a calling. And in fact, God gives our leaders authority. Jesus confirms this in the Gospels when he stands before Pilate. He says to Pilate, you would have no authority if it had not been given to you from above. God grants worldly authority to our government officials. That's the witness of scripture. Pharaoh ruled Egypt because God put him there. Cyrus, in our Old Testament reading, ruled in Persia because God put him there. Augustus Caesar ruled in Rome because God put him there. And even today, Joe Biden rules in D.C. because God put him there. The state, our government, exists for a reason. And St. Paul tells us that God has put these rulers there so that wrongdoers will be punished, that there will be order in society, and that our society would be maintained through the use of the law. Therefore, if the government officials say, pay your taxes, then we should pay our taxes so that they can do their job properly. And so we hand over our money. And of course, I don't enjoy paying taxes any more than any of you, but truly, God intends our government and our authorities to exist 
for our well-being. But this doesn't mean that our leaders are not to be held accountable. Right? In democratic societies, we have systems of election to keep them accountable. But in the bigger picture, all of us are accountable to what we do in our vocations in this life. If you abuse your position as parent, as spouse, as neighbor, as worker, as pastor, as teacher, or as president of the United States, then you will answer to God for it. And so when we say that God has placed our rulers over us, we're not saying that everything they do is celebrated and blessed by God. What we are saying is that God has given them a particular office for a reason, and they will be accountable to God for what they do in that office. And this is why we pray for our president by name every week. He is a man who will stand before God when he dies. No matter how much power he has, responsibility he has, respect he has at this moment, he was put in that office by God. And in the end, he will answer to God for how he has used that office. And so Jesus tells us in our gospel to make sure we understand the proper job of our rulers. Our rulers will not and cannot save our souls. The rulers of this world cannot forgive our sins, nor can the rulers of this world rid the world of all evil. And so we must not believe that we are made holy by the actions of our government officials. And this is the great temptation for us today in democratic societies, because we love to take pride in our political parties and our alliances. And so it's too easy for our hearts to make idols out of our politicians, out of our policies, out of our alignments. But we must not, as Christians, confuse the kingdoms. Right? We must not believe that we are made holy by the way we vote. And now, as citizens, we certainly want to do what is right. We want to advocate and work to do what is right and just in our society. We want the lives of the innocent to be preserved. We want violence to be curbed. We want to make sure people can work fairly. We want people to be able to take care of their families and their vocations and so on. And we can and should use our faith and use God's law to help inform us on how we should participate in civil life. But when we begin to think that our politicians are our true hope, then we begin to confuse the law with the gospel. We do give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Right? Pay your taxes. Vote. Especially vote with your conscience informed by scripture and reason. Serve on jury duty when you can. Serve and support the military, the law enforcement, so that they can serve justly and responsibly. Follow every law that doesn't contradict God's law. Fill out whatever paperwork you're supposed to fill out. Do whatever else that Caesar asks you to do that belongs to this world. Because that's what properly belongs to Caesar. But we also remember that there are things that belong to God. Remember what makes you a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And that is faith. What God wants of you is a faithful heart. He wants you to put your trust into his promises. And this is how God makes you righteous. When you trust in Jesus Christ, that is your true life. That is your eternal assurance and comfort. That is your hope. 
And it's in Christ that we put our hope in as Christians. Because your salvation is not going to come through a politician. No elected official can put you in a right relationship with God. Only Christ can do that. And so always check your hearts for idolatry. Understand and make that distinction between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. And so give your heart to God. Put your love, your trust, put your fear, put your faith in God alone. Because God alone is the one who saves us. Amen.